Hello, friends. First of all, before I dive into this, this is a repost of a podcast episode interview I did last year. But before I dive in, uh, you may notice that my voice and my nose, my, my nose is stubby and my voice sounds weird. It's because when I got back from tour, I got rocked with some cold. I have no idea what this is, but I'm out of commission. Uh, so I'm not going to re-record the full intro with Sarah. Thank you to all of you that came up for the Let's Cheers hangs of the podcast. This has been so amazing. Man, this last stint was so nonstop with driving that I actually didn't have, I ended up having very little time to myself to record uh, a bunch of podcasts, but I'm going to make up for it on this next second half of the stint. And my hope is to share some of the stories that came out of this last one and this upcoming one with you. And my hope is to be doing it every day starting later this week. Uh, but if you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, head over to therobmorgan.com slash let's cheers. Beginning of this intro that I play, uh, Sarah and I are talking about uh, Dan Rodriguez Christmas tour and that's actually what I'm heading out for the next few weeks on it's in partnership with this let's cheers project and uh, although the locations and dates that I'm gonna say in this upcoming intro aren't going to be the same if you head over to the let's cheers page or if you check out Dan Rodriguez's Christmas tour those are the dates and the offer still stands I'd love to see you Reach out to me and I would love to get together and meet you and cheers in person if possible. If I am, uh, if I'm feeling better, I promise. I'm, I'm not going to be traveling the country spreading this. I'm going to kick it. I have rehearsals in like three days uh, and then we leave uh, on Thursday. So I want to say a massive thank you to the sponsor of this podcast episode, B and J Trees. Sarah and I have been going, how long have we been going to the, these guys, Sarah? Six years. For the past six years, that means one year when we were married, we did not do this. <laughs> but the, the six years afterwards that have followed, we've been going to the same spot. Uh, it's B&J's Trees. If you live in Minneapolis, it's in, it's in Richfield, just off of Portland. And so I want to say a massive thank you to B&J Trees for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you do not live in Minnesota, you listen to this podcast episode and you still want to check them out, check them out online, bjtrees.com. There's no and in the online thing. So check them out. Thank you to B&J Trees for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. A repost from last year's conversation. Hey, speaking of uh, sponsors with the podcast, I know there's been an ongoing thing with Guinness and that relationship, but upcoming in 2020, because of the sheer volume of the amount of you that have been listening to this podcast. Thank you, by the way, for making this podcast your podcast. But because of the numbers coming in, uh, we are finally to the point where we are able to reach out to different sponsors. But here's the deal. Here's the weird thing. Sponsors, the biggest, most important thing to sponsors besides the actual numbers of downloads. This is a little insider information on podcasts. Besides that, the biggest thing that sponsors uh, want to see is iTunes ratings and comments. And we have a really weird thing with this podcast where we have an astronomical amount of you listening to this every week, uh, but that's not reflected in the ratings and comments on iTunes. So it was really important for me 
uh, the first couple years of doing this podcast to not make this a Patreon thing. I don't want to be asking things of people. I, my only goal was to see if I could create something that you would find inspiring enough to uh, make a part of your daily life. But if you want to help this podcast, a massive thing would be heading over to iTunes, take two minutes and just rate, comment, and subscribe. Sarah's on the other side of the room, so shout it, Sarah. Uh, and that would really help us in a massive way. Okay, let's do this. Uh, I'm just thinking about this right now. I know I talked about last year being able to, hey, if you listen to the podcast, I'll get you in for free. I probably can't do that with the amount of, it's, it's the, the listenership of this podcast has literally 10X'd over the past year. So this is what I'm gonna do. If you are willing to go head over to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe, that would help us in a massive way. Thank you for that. But if you do that, and you're also gonna be at one of the Let's Cheers hangs or the shows that I'll be playing with Dan Rodriguez, reach out to me, and the first person that reach out, reaches out to me for, from each state, I will give a plus one to, for you and a guest to come on in. Uh, not only just do the Let's Cheers thing, that's open to everybody, uh, but I'll get you into the show, bring you backstage, uh, and give you a pour. Let's, uh, I'll give you a pour of whiskey, and we'll, uh, let's cheers proper before or after the show with the band. Okay, that's all I got. Thank you for making this podcast your podcast. Thank you for B&J Trees for sponsoring this episode, and let's dive right into it. Uh, here is the episode recorded one year ago, almost today. One year ago today, with a much healthier sounding, much more energetic me. Joy to the world. I'm pumped about this. This is a special edition, seasonal themed holiday podcast episode. I'm in the air, I'm doing pumps. I'm jacked about this. You're looking at me like I'm a weirdo. Is this a new thing? No, I don't. I don't know. Did you read about the importance of physical movement while speaking? This is Rob, and welcome to question number 48. How do I pick out the perfect Christmas tree? Fire it up, Dad. I dedicate this house to the Griswold family Christmas. For those of you joining us for the first time, my name's Rob Morgan. For the past 10 years, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director, and this is my podcast where I sit down on location over drinks with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sarah. And if you hear sizzling in the background... It means the zucchini's burning. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make this quick. <laughs> Sarah, when I'm in a rush, you know, <laughs> when I'm in a rush and I want to slow things down, mm. you know what I reach for? I want to say 
Breast milk, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Why would you say that? I can't even, I can't put that in here. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, Schreider. Okay. Again. S- speaking of Christmas trees, we're sitting in our dining room. Sarah just dropped the microphone. She's walking into the kitchen to stir the zucchini, but we are sitting right next to our perfect Christmas tree. Well, it's not completely perfect in the sense that it's fully grown. This is more of an open-grown Christmas tree instead of a uh, trimmed perfectly. If you're wondering what the heck is an open-grown Christmas tree, we're going to get into that in this uh, in this episode. But before we get into this, Sarah, while you are stirring the zucchini, I've had people reach out to me through the podcast saying, hey, if you're ever on the road on tour with music, I would love to come uh, say hi. People that actually know me from just the podcast, not just the music side of what I do. So here's the deal. This next, actually it's this week, I leave this Thursday to head out. I'm doing a Christmas tour with an artist named Dan Rodriguez. We're doing a bunch of Christmas shows. It's going to be a blast. It is some covers of classic Christmas tunes, some new ones of his. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to swing out, uh, this next month we're going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin, Chicago, Rochester, Minneapolis. We have a couple shows next week. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Detroit, Indianapolis, Indiana, Middleburg, and Herndon? Herndon? Herndon. I've never heard of that place, too. It's in Virginia. If you are near any of those and you want to swing out and say hi, I would love to shake your hand, meet you in person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm just thinking of this right now, and I'll actually run by Dan. The first two people that want to reach out to me from the podcast, I will get you guest spots on any of these shows. If we're playing near you and you want to swing out, I will give you a plus one. So if you want to do that, call in or text the podcast hotline. The number is 612-584-9330. Call in, text in, and the first two people from every city we're playing over these next couple weeks, I'll get you on the list. So you can come to the show for free. And uh, maybe I'll even do this. At the end of this conversation, if you stick around, I will play one of Dan's original Christmas tunes. All I want for Christmas is whiskey. I'm going to play that for you here on the podcast. I, I should probably get this approved by Dan. I'm sure it's fine. Sarah, will you bring me a Guinness from the fridge? Yes. Thank you. Um, do you know, now this isn't a fact, I just, not, don't get excited. <laughs> do you know, this is a question, I don't okay. know the answer. If the Red Hot Chili Peppers have either a song or an album called Mother's Milk. I was listening to the radio today and you know how they say, oh, and that was blah, 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 blah. I thought that I heard that <laughs> and I forgot to look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. If so, they're my new favorite band. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mother's uh, Milk is the fourth studio album by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you didn't know that. That's Let's pretend I did. I okay. made that in. Oh, yeah. That's like one of their albums. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to oh, edit that yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, here's the deal. This is why I'm embarrassed because I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were... Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never... Put that together, but you weren't thinking about Mother's Milk really I back actually, in the day. I that is really weird because I actually really do love Red Hot Chili Peppers. I consider myself a fan. Hmm. But yeah, nineteen eighty nine. I don't think I've ever listened to that album. All okay, right, let's move on. Dinner's ready. 
Okay, Sarah, the zucchini is getting burnt. We're sitting here in the dining room. We've got our perfect Christmas tree set up right here, straight from B&J's Trees in South Minneapolis. This episode, I think, is perfectly timed because a lot of people are finding themselves in the season. You've made the decision Maybe it's your first year. You're going to go out and pick out... A real tree. A real tree. But it's not just Mm. about having the tree in your house. People talk about, well, I don't want to bring it in. There might be... You're going to get the needles in your house. Listen, getting a real tree is more about uh, the experience of picking it out. We have a tradition every year we go pick out a Christmas tree. Well, it's not a rigid tradition. No. But it starts with... You're building up too much. It starts with going to a pub and having a pint. That is a key factor that is unchanging. And then after that, we're probably a little hungry, so we tend to get a banh mi sandwich, which is weird, but it's just how it shakes out. We have gotten banh mi's the past three years. At different places. But once you do something that many times, now next year's gonna come around and we're gonna think, well, we gotta get a banh mi. Mm. It's what we do. Okay. Uh, Then usually we're like, oh, crap. The lights don't work. We're missing a tree stand. So then we have Three to go to Target. Three years, by the way, is the key to tradition. First, you're like, oh, we got to get some food on the way there. You go, happen to stop at a banh mi. Second year, you swing by and you get a banh mi. You're driving to the Christmas tree stand and you think, oh, that's kind of funny. Didn't last year we do the three year, Three years is what locks it in, yes. All right. Okay, cool. so we've got a belly full of uh, beer and banh mi. And then we... <laughs> <laughs> what? Go on. I just thought that was funny. Mm. Uh, and then we drive to Richfield, which really isn't that far from South Minneapolis. And we drive up to Veterans Memorial Park, which also has mini golf and other things in the summertime. And we drive up to B&J's Trees, which is under a big pavilion that's lighted and strung with Christmas lights. They're playing Christmas music. There's free popcorn and hot chocolate. And hopefully it's snowing. Always hoping it's snowing. Yes. If it's not, it's fine. Three minutes into being in the lot, we're arguing. <laughs> we have an approach. We're freezing our hands We always off. go the certain way. We got to hurry. You can't feel your face. It's your job to spin the trees around for me. <laughs> My hands are covered in sap. Yeah, it's an experience worth having. <laughs> not really selling the experience, but mm-hmm. it really, I'm, I am joking. It really is a magical experience, but the problem is, and I know I'm not the only one, you show up and you're looking at a massive amount of Christmas trees just standing there. So for some reason, we've been showing up the past couple years and we have run into the same guy, Jerry. He's awesome. He's super nice. And more than the fact that he's nice and fine with all our questions, he is super knowledgeable on the topic. Turns out after the past couple years running into him, I found out that he actually is an arborist. He went to school to study trees and shrubbery and the, the planting and growing and cultivation of trees. B&J's is a local Christmas tree farm based out of Minnesota, so all of their trees are ethically sourced. They've been cultivating them from years, and so I'm sitting here, and our Christmas tree we got from them, it's about nine and a half feet tall, and I learned they've been, they've been taking care of our tree for the past 10 years, which is crazy to me. That is crazy. Let's just, let's just dive into it. So here's my conversation with Jerry of B&J's Trees in Richfield, Minnesota. That is something I'm curious about. I was, I was talking to my wife, Sarah, before coming to this, hanging out with you, and I thought, like, 
we've got to run out of Christmas trees at some point, right? Like, I just think, I think there must be Christmas tree farms that I just don't know about. They must oh, yeah. be massive. We have many up by us. Really? We're one of the larger ones up in our area, but we have a, there's a lot of little ones. A lot really? Of, even, and then there's quite a few what, bigger than us right around us, too. Where are you guys at? Uh, our main farm is just north of Becker off of Highway 25. Because oh, that's another thing. Someone, I was talking with someone else about uh, Christmas tree like stands in the cities, and they're like, oh, yeah, they bring them down from Canada or they come from all over the place. I think, are you guys one of the few local like in Minnesota, or is that common? Uh, it's yes and no. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of... A lot of little stands and stuff. They order wholesale. There's a couple. We know of a couple other farmers that have them down here. That's it's their own trees. Yeah. There because there is a Christmas tree shortage nationally. Oh, there is. Yes. Okay, so that's that's why yep. I'm, I'm kind but, of right in that. Because <laughs> we do both retail yeah. and wholesale. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't. It, there is one, but we aren't going to see the impact quite as badly as some other people. Okay. Because it's we like make Minnesota sure, or well, we you, make sure we have enough for us. Oh yeah. And if we're running low on stock, we just don't wholesale as much. Oh, interesting, man. This this is fascinating because you know so much about trees. Like this is totally going a different direction than I was going to ask you about. But when you get so you get the sapling or seedling. Seedlings are usually a foot to. Two foot tall, okay. depending on where we're getting them from. You get those, and you plant them. Yep. How long does it, how many years until you can take, what's the minimum growing that you can uh, sell that tree? Depending on the species, uh, the pines, you're looking at roughly five to seven years. Uh, the firs, you're looking at 10 to 15. Man, that's crazy. 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Here, at, your, at this lot... It's like I walk in and just see a massive amount of options. But the one thing I always did notice here is that uh, on, when you walk into the stand, on the right, they're all put in sections. So the, the kind of the most inexpensive ones are on the right, and it gets more expensive to the left. Is that how it works, kind of? Uh, kind of. Uh, the big uh, demand is they want the really full, really defined Christmas tree. Yeah. That's starting to shift a little bit, but that's still the majority of it. Okay. And then Fraser fir is yeah. the b- big tree right now. Yeah. So we try to segregate those off because that's what people are looking for. Yeah, makes yeah. it easier to find. Yeah. And then the balsam fir and Canaan fir, which are close yep. cousins, they're mixed in with my larger white pines and stuff. Okay. Because those are our most popular trees. Okay. And then that other side, it's... Not necessarily, they're, they are cheaper, but uh, they're more open grown, yeah. so we don't sh- have to sh- keep them in the ground as long, shearing them back to keep, them, to keep that shape. We, take yeah. them, we, we harvest them sooner, so we don't have as much cost into them, and it tends to be my smaller trees as well, so that they don't get lost in the mix of all the big guys. Yes. Oh, dude. Jerry, you just said, you said, like... At least 10 different things in that sentence that make me I just realize I'm clueless about. Like, okay, so uh, number one, are there, so the, there's Christmas tree trends? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, really? Uh, like some different. In the different, 80s, they get, 90s, yeah. it was all pine. Okay. All long needled pine. Okay. Uh, the, the, the original owner of his company, yes. our current one, his dad started it. Yeah. All he grew was jack and scotch pine. That's okay. all he grew. That's it. That's it. And that was the trend. 
Uh, now it's the big one is fur, mostly yep. Fraser, Balsam, and Canaan. Okay. In the Midwest. Yep. The trends differ if you go out west. Noble really? fur is a big one out there. I haven't even seen a noble fur. We don't here. have them here. They don't grow in the Midwest very well. Really? Yep. The the natural state and use is that open grown? Yeah, that's like these guys out here. They have okay. the long fingers. They're not real tight and dense like these guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, that's fascinating too. So when I just assumed price-wise of like the trees to the left in the stand are quote better and these ones are maybe more inexpensive, there's more things that go into the price point of a tree. Yep. Like how much you How long work. it took to grow it because our shearing, because of the big, the really dense, just cookie cutter, perfect shape trees. Yeah. I mean, those are sheared every year. Yeah. And then to get a tree from field to here. Yeah. I mean, you cut it down, you bale it up, you load it on a truck, we bring it back to our farm, stock them, and okay. then when we come down here to set up, you load it back on a truck, lo unload it here, yeah. then we open it up, tag it, and then put it out. So I mean, each tree just by us alone has touched usually a minimum of eight to ten times what? before it gets to a customer. After being cut, how long from a tree being cut out of the ground and then getting here being sold. How long is that? The two trucks you were here yep. when you pulled in, yep. they were cut yesterday. They were cut yesterday. So they're still fresh. Yep. But it's just like, so when you cut it, does like almost a timer start? Like we've got to get this thing. Is it a it's, mad rush? It's not, when it's cold like this, yeah, if yeah. it's warm, yes. Okay. Because the trees, if it's really warm, the trees want, they think it's becoming spring. Yeah. So they start trying to uh, wake back up and transpire okay. and want to bring up moisture. Yep. But when it's cold like this, they don't know they've been cut until it gets warm. Really? Yep. So, so you're not worried about these trees that are laying out here because it's if it's cold enough. If it's cold enough, they're they're dormant. They yeah. think they're still standing. Yeah. Out in the field, just in the wind. Really? Yep. Oh man, because they yeah I guess because there's not a lot of moisture for it to pull up anyways. Yep. Okay, so that. It made me think of the conversation when we were walking in here that you were talking about. I, I think you guys are all working out in the snow. So to me, as a wuss, I'm thinking like, man, you must get pumped when it gets warmer because it's less, I don't know, because it's less cold for you. But for you, you were saying you almost want it to be cold. It's a balance. Okay. Because uh, if it gets snowy like it is today. Yeah. I like the, I, I prefer it to stay in that 28, 27, yep. because then the snow doesn't turn into that wet, heavy snow yes. and just become a pain to deal with. Yep. Uh, if it doesn't snow or once it all melts off the trees and that, yeah. if it gets up into that 30, uh, 30 to 40, yeah. the trees open up real nice, display real nice for everybody. Yeah. And then uh, oh, it's, that's a real nice temperature. So, okay, so they display nice, but then they don't start soaking up water. They don't start yep. thinking it's... Yep, because it, it's warm enough that it, they open up out of the bales, but they're, not, but they're not really heating up. Yes. Okay, is there... Uh, what temperature do they start? Uh, you're looking you more into the 40s and 50s before they really start to uh, start trying to do anything. Yeah. Like yeah. these guys in here... They're, we have water on them. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're in, this is 50 degrees in here. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're trying to transpire, not as much as, yeah. say, one that's in an actual house where it's yeah. 70 degrees. But. Yeah. 
that, I didn't even know the temperature because you're even saying that and I'm thinking, man, I, if I, next year when I'm picking out a tree, I almost want to look at the temperature because it makes sure it's not, I'm not coming before when it's way too warm. I want to make sure it's cold. And with our lights, you don't have to worry about that near as bad okay. because of how we do it. Yeah. We, some places, they bring in, all the trees are going to sell right at the beginning so they don't ever have to bring they in more. just chop them down. And it's just, uh, they yeah. sell, when they sell out, they're done. Yeah. We make sure we have enough and a little extra for our, our yep. busy weekends, yep. and then we restock. Yes. So you're constantly... Yep. Man, okay, see, this is why I'm chatting with you, because this isn't just a, yep, let's chop down trees, let's get them there, a business. This is a like a passion. You're constantly... Uh, you're constantly thinking about what do we need, what do we need to bring in. Yep. And, we, and we're always looking at our numbers from last year versus yep. what it's looking like this year yeah. because we don't want to have extra trees that we just have to destroy. Yeah. Because it'll be good next year. Yeah. So. Man, yeah, so there's like a, like a, like a eco-consciousness to it mm-hmm. of like there's the financial, you lose money. You lose the, money the, on any tree you destroy. Yep. And then you have to replant it. Yeah. Whereas if we if we if we bring it down and it yeah. goes out, yeah, yeah, replant it. We're good. But if we have to destroy them, we don't want to. Okay, so uh, if someone's showing up to a Christmas tree lot, because I have a lot of people that listen to this that aren't in Minnesota. If someone's showing up, uh, well, let me let me rephrase that question. If you if you were going to show up to buy yourself a Christmas tree. What are the things you're looking for? If you didn't know anything about the back history of the ladder, how they're taken care of, and you're just looking at trees, what are the things that you're looking for to make quality uh, tree? I go in and I go in. You look at the needles, make sure that they don't look like they're just really dry, dying out. Yep. Uh, if you just gently squeeze one of the needle, uh, the, one of the branches, yep. so it kind of presses on the needles, not squeeze hard like you're yep. trying to tear it off, yeah. and just pull along it. Yep. If they're not falling out readily, yeah. it's, a, it's generally a good sign that it has enough, had enough moisture through its life, and okay. it's going to be, hold its needles. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people always ask me, well, why does the tree look uh, really bare on the inside? Yeah, yeah. And that's going to vary by species, because all evergreens lo- start losing their older needles at a certain age. Yeah. Pines are very bare on the inside because at two years of age, they start losing their needles. Okay. On their oldest needles. Out so, in the wild, they start yep, losing. Yep, that's okay. just how they grow. Yep. Their needles stay for two years, and then they drop off. Yeah. So a five-year-old tree, it's lost three years' worth of needles already. Really? In, on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fraser fir, you can see that's a big tree. Yeah, yeah. It's dense to the inside pretty much. Oh, yeah. They start losing them at seven years of age. Okay. So uh, if you have a tree that's only eight, nine years old, yeah. it's only lost the first two years of growth, which a two-year-old fir is only a couple feet tall, so yeah. most people aren't even going to notice it. Oh, yeah. Man, that's cr- okay. That's crazy to me because now I'm thinking of the massive trees you have on the end. <laughs> Some of those are like 15 years old. You're saying? Oh, the really massive ones. We got stuff out there that's 20 plus years old. Really? Because I've got I've got a couple 16 footers. Oh, geez. Yeah, and that's crazy. How much? How okay? The 16 footer. How much? How much does that run? Uh, off the top of my head, it's gonna be an act. It's like. 280, yeah. 280, 300, somewhere yeah. right in there. How, and people buy those pretty regularly? Not the really big ones. Okay. Uh, with the, you get some high rollers with coming With the way in, how, some... well, a lot of it's churches. We get a lot of churches and stuff oh, that come yeah. get the bigger trees and that. 
Yes, I would have never thought about that. And then uh, company in the lobby. Yep. Yeah. Uh, within Minneapolis, a lot of the housing people have a two-story foyers and that. Yeah. So uh, over since I've started with the company, I mean, we've gotten quite a few more uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 foyers yeah. going out than we used to yeah. because of just the way the houses are built now. Really? They have that two-story entry foyer area yeah. where, they can actually, where they can put those bigger trees. Yeah. Um, do you... Okay, so... You, to me, uh, the two main kinds, you walk and I see firs and pines. Uh, and then you have like the balsam fir, the Fraser firs. Yep. Is there a benefit besides look to going the fir direction over a pine or pine uh, over fir? Well, white pine looks very fluffy, very full. Okay. Just ne- as it is, that's how they grow. Yeah. Uh, but they have a very flexible branch structure. So okay. they're more of a light and tinsel tree. Yeah. They look very pretty when they're light, live, done up like that. Yeah. But they don't hold the ornaments very well because of that flexibility. Yes. Whereas the firs, uh, Fraser especially, yeah. they have a heavy branch structure. So they hold a ton of ornaments or really heavy ornaments very yeah. well. Man. Okay. So then they can hold them up. Yep. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the different the, the different characteristics of a tree people would want. Uh, maybe like smell people are looking for. Uh, balsam have the highest fragrance out of all of our trees. Okay. Uh, all fir have very high fragrance. Yeah. Uh, balsam have the highest, then the Canaan. Yeah. And then the Fraser. Yeah. As far as fragrance goes. Okay. And then pine and spruce they have their own scent. Yeah. It's just a little bit different than what a lot of pe- people people call it. Think? People call it say it smells like pine. Yeah. But they're thinking of that fur smell is what they're thinking of. Really? Because like my nephew's up here working yeah. for me this year, and he called them pine trees. And I go, yeah. yes, all pine trees are evergreens. Yes. And Christmas trees. Yes. But not, but not all Christmas trees and evergreens are pine trees. Yes. Which is funny because that's, that's, I feel like that's probably the most common misconception of like, let's go get a pine tree for yes. Christmas. Whoa, whoa, slow down. And being just be, my background and what I do. Yes. I, I, I bite my tongue quite often here. It's like, sure. okay, we'll show you this. And I show them a fur, and that's, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. Yep. I know what they're looking for yes. by their description, but it's like, okay, don't, don't just jump on them and tell them that, no, that's not a pine. Yes. Man, I love that. Give it, and then you're just giving people a break. Because I feel like that's in any industry. Like you have snobbery and if you're working in like coffee or like the brewing industry or whatever it is, like everybody, you can become snobby once you become more knowledgeable. You can. Yeah. If you're not careful. But it's yeah. fun. They're, they're, they know what they want. And just because they call it a pine tree. Yeah. Doesn't mean they don't know what they want. They yeah. just need a little bit of guidance on where it's at. Yes. In the, a little bit of education. Some people it sticks yes. with them. Some yes. people it doesn't. <laughs> so I, you were here last year asking these same questions. I know it. I recognize <laughs> you. Okay. So a smell, the, the, the scent of a tree. How, if I say I bought a tree and it was fresh uh, and I took it home, how long can you expect your tree to smell good? Get like that tree smell. Every tree is a natural product. So every tree is going to vary a little okay. bit. And until it dries out, yeah. that moisture is what propagates that. Yep. So until it dries out, it's going to yeah. keep that smell. Yeah. Uh, and the owner of our company, he tests a bunch of trees every year. Jeez, he put, some, one, some years he has seven trees set up in his house just yes. to see what they do. Yeah. Because we're always trying different trees for yeah. uh, Christmas. This is the first year we haven't had a new, different species out here try, uh, seeing how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Because 
Because year. every year you have a different species out with Last you. year we tried, and it failed miserably. Oh, really? <laughs> so we're like, we're just going to go with the same old, same old this year. Yes. Oh, man, that's funny. Okay, care of a tree. You get it? Huh? What, what are things? Because I know when you get a tree, uh, the thing that's always asked for me is, do you want it fresh cut? Yep. Uh, you have to have a fresh cut for it to take up water because okay. that, dr- that dries out and seals over so it won't pull water into the tree, which okay. will cause it to dry out and die. Yeah. Uh, our fresh cut, if you're going to put it in water within an hour or two, is okay. my, what I generally say to people. Some people say longer, some people say shorter. Okay. But in that hour, if you're doing an hour or two, you, our fresh cut will be fine. Okay. But if you're not doing it for the next, till the next day or the weekend, yeah. we, then we won't give it a fresh cut because you need to do it when you take it home before you put it in. Yeah. Would getting a fresh cut and not, not putting in water for a couple of days, would that actually be worse than not getting a fresh cut? No. Okay. Not unless it's really hot or something. Okay. Which, yeah. It's it Minnesota in November and December. You're totally It's fine. never really yeah, yeah. hot. It yeah. might get warm one day, but it's never really hot. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So besides getting in water between the first couple hours of getting it, is there anything I can do to keep my tree uh, lasting longer? Is it just making sure it's watered? Water, water, water. Really? Make sure it has w- enough water. Make sure it yeah. doesn't dry out. Does it matter if there is more water than just touching the bottom of it like do what is it beneficial for you want water? it to you want to fill that water dish up as high as it'll go yeah because if it if you fill it up till it's just touching yeah as soon as it pulls up and gets a little air gap in there it'll start to seal over really yep. so that's the problem like once you get the air gap and it starts it's, sealing over you're screwed yep then it's starting to dry out and yeah. then it'll quit taking water and portions of it yeah so when you buy when I when you buy flowers, sometimes flowers come with a flower mix to put in the mm-hmm. water. Is there any kind of thing with the tree that you can put in the water? We've tested many things over the yeah. years. Uh, I've heard the aspirin one. I've heard sugar water, okay. and we've tested a lot of different things. And there's we've never tested anything that is repeatable and measurable to a tangible amount that we would recommend it over just. Good, just good, clean water. You have you have the most scientific responses. I love it. <laughs> Repeatable and uh, measurable. Like I just love that. Like because that's if you it, it just is giving me a glimpse of your background into like the studying mm-hmm. of trees. I love that. How what is I know nothing's uh, measurable or redoable. Everything is like on a spectrum. But how long can someone typically expect like a tree to last before it just starts turning most, to crap? M- most trees should last. Into January. Really? Yes. We've had trees that have, he, we've tested trees and they've lasted in past uh, uh, Valentine's Day. Re- yeah. Really? Oh man, that's so cool. Uh, and oh, something that just popped in my mind too cold water or warm water, does that matter? Just room temperature water. Room temp, doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Well, I want to be respectful of your time and let you get back to everything. Thanks for hanging out with me. No problem. Before, okay, let's end it with this. Is there anything you wish? people knew more when it came to trees the biggest thing that concerning christmas trees specifically yeah, yeah. is every year we always get a few customers are like well why is the prices prices going up this and that yeah just it's always beneficial to educate yourself a little bit on whatever you're doing yeah yeah but 90 percent of the population has no idea how much work goes into uh getting these christmas trees to places where they can bring them home and enjoy them with their family. Yes. It's, like I said, we're touching the trees eight, nine, ten times before it goes out the door. Yes. And so 
it's not just, oh, go up, toss on a truck, and you're done. Yes. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of very skilled people behind it. Uh, because we we shear all of our own trees and we yeah. shear a lot of other people's trees. Yep. And it's just it takes a lot of lot of work, a lot of uh, just wanting to do it and do yeah. it right. Yeah. It's because none of it's easy work. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is hard work. Why well, I, I can see and even the <laughs> being here and like I I know like doing any of this stuff is just like it's hard work lugging these things these aren't light you're probably just throwing trees constantly for a few months oh yeah uh, oh yeah yeah man well dude thanks for hanging out with me i love i love thinking that i'm gonna go home right now tonight and i've got this tree from you guys that has so much history that you guys have been essentially babying probably for our, our trees nine and a half feet so maybe fur uh, yeah it's a balsam fur Balsam, you're probably looking at nine and a half feet. You're probably looking at ten-ish years, somewhere in there. Ten years you guys have been, like, taking care of this thing to get it to us. Oh, man, that's so awesome. Well, now it's here, that time of year. Everyone is filled with cheer. The snow is falling and the air is crispy. Every girl and boy is filled with joy As they open presents filled with toys But all I want for Christmas is whiskey I don't want to hear about Rudolph and his big red snout Old Saint Nick or even our friend Frosty Those folks may have seen the world But they've never had their heart broken by a girl All I want for Christmas is whiskey Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. 
Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright, that's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.